I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, and you're listening to Between Two White Coats, a weekly podcast where we dig into key issues surrounding health and wellness. I'm a family medicine doctor, and my co-host, Amber Foster, is a family medicine nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We are taking some of our biggest questions, obstacles, and patient-centered advice and wrapping it into a 20-minute weekly podcast. We will tackle various topics. Some weeks, we will interview colleagues, patients, friends, and even some of our own family. Other weeks, Dr. Plaster and I will dialogue between ourselves. At the end of each podcast, we will end with our favorite, Tell Me Something Good. Our hope is that you consider us your new medical friends. Our goal is that you find this encouraging and inspiring to take control of your health. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have found this podcast helpful, give us a five-star rating and review. This helps other people find our podcast and make sure you share it with your friends. Thank you for your time. We look forward to serving you. This season, we want to focus on the decisions we make and how it affects our health. Really our day-to-day, every moment decision of Are we going to eat the right food? What are we gonna do as far as activity? Truly, it's the things that your doctor's always asking you to do that drives you crazy. We wanna address those things and not only tell you what you're supposed to be doing, because we hear all the time, I know what I'm supposed to do, I just don't do it. And that's not just true of patients, it's true of doctors and nurses as well. Knowing is not the hard part, doing is the hard part. So we would like to address what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Most importantly, why we're not doing it. And there are a lot of really good reasons for why we don't make the best health decisions every day. And then give you some simple practical advice that you can use to start making better decisions to have better health. In the next few episodes, we'll discuss things such as what you eat, your activity, how to manage your stress. That's one of my favorites when people tell you don't be stressed as if you chose to be stressed uh, and your sleep habits in hopes of giving you a little bit of practical information to live a healthier life. We are super thrilled to have Becky with us today. Um, Becky is one of our patients and I say our patients, but she's actually been cared very well for by Amber, our nurse practitioner, Um, And Amber will be joining us in just a little bit, but we want to start by Becky telling me her story since I'm less familiar with all of it and sharing with all of us what had gone on in her life that led her to seeing Amber and then making some really impactful lifestyle changes. Welcome, Becky. Thank you for coming. Thank you. So tell us what uh, led uh, for the years prior, um, and then uh, we'll get into after that what you and Amber have, have done together. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I started out probably getting interested in health and nutrition early on. I was homeschooled before it was cool to be homeschooled. <laughs> My mom really put a, a hard, you know, just a love for health and nutrition, like reading the label, staying on the outside of the grocery, you know, at Kroger, but really developing a, a knowledge of, okay, this is a processed food. This is a carb. This is a protein. And Even at a young age, right, you were thinking like that. That's I feel great. like that really helped me early on because I was a chunky kid. You know, it was easy for me to gain really hard to lose. So I remember working out with Billy Blanks with Tybo, you know, when I was probably 15 or 16. But just, I developed an early age, just a a knowledge 
of health and nutrition and working out and worked for me. I loved it. And of course, you know, puberty hits and, you know, other things. Gaining weight was a lot of fun. But, um, you know, I really got interested when I started going to the gym. I think I was probably 23 or so and really, really got into group fitness, really enjoyed that and started losing weight again. It was, I was feeling good about myself and really got into physical therapy and went to school to be a PTA. So I enjoyed that. I met my husband while I was down here at school. We've had two kids since, and you know, it was pretty much a normal weight until pregnancy. With my first child, I gained 60 pounds, which is not normal. Developed preeclampsia, which put me on bed rest. Fun pregnancy, you know, just that first one, you know, just everything. It's just a blessing. It's just a blessing. <laughs> You're right. It's all going wrong, but it'll be fine. Right. It's going to be fine. But, um, you know, after after I had Wesley, I lost weight pretty quickly. But then I had a nine-month-old and found myself pregnant again with my little girl. And how much of the 60 pounds that you gained during pregnancy had you been able to take off before getting pregnant again? You know, I probably maybe 15 pounds I had left to lose okay. when I, I got pregnant with Kaylee Grace. And when I got pregnant with Kaylee Grace, the weight just never came off. As I was nursing, I feel like the weight just kept coming on and on and on, and I couldn't get it off. And, you know, you're sleep-deprived as a new mom. I've got a toddler that doesn't sleep, and I've got a newborn that doesn't sleep. And she likes to nurse on demand a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just remember those times of just pulling my hair out because I'm just so frustrated. And, you know, you'd, you'd go to the cabinet in the middle of the night because you're starving, and you're eating, and you don't even realize you're eating, mm -hmm. you know, in the middle of the night, just, you know, stress eating. So I found myself gaining more weight and gaining more weight. So, you know, something clicked, and I had a mindset change, so I, I reverted back to what I did before. And it wasn't working. And I thought, okay, this, I'll just try harder. I'll work out harder. I'll get a double stroller. Got a double stroller. We went in the neighborhood. I think I walked four miles every single day. Both kids probably crying the entire time, but, you know, I'm jamming to my, my music and trying to get some exercise, trying to get the weight off, but it wasn't coming off. And had you made real significant dietary changes or in the past had exercise really been your key and you jumped right back to a primary focus of exercise? I think it was a combination of both. I do know since I was nursing, I didn't need to cut all of my carbs. I, right. I needed to have a healthy balance to maintain her weight. So... You know, I think I, I went to, you know, trying out a new diet and seeing if it would work. And, you know, all diets work until they don't. Uh -huh. And then it just, you know, that initial, oh, I'm losing weight. This is great. And then you just pile it back on again. So you try harder again and it's just not working. So I did go to a medical professional, you know, just didn't get the, the answers I needed. Just, you know, wait it out. You're nursing. Just give your body time. Okay. So a couple of years pass and I, I go to another healthcare professional and, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like, well, just give yourself time. You know, you just need a little more time. Like it's been four years. I'm ready to make a change. Right. What is going on? Because, you know, it, it's embarrassing to be overweight, it, especially in my profession. You know, I don't want to be, you need to exercise. You need to lose weight. Well, yeah, well, your job is to help people right? exercise. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it just, it was, it was embarrassing a lot for me. So I knew I wanted to make a change. My husband wanted me to make a change, and I think he's the one that made, I'm pretty sure he is the one that made the, the appointment with Amber. I started seeing Amber, I think it was August of last year, and I believe she opened the door 
I'm sure she read the chart. But she looked at me, and in one glance, she's like, you're insulin resistant. And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> like, this is life-changing. This what is you an gonna, answer. What do you do about this? You know, and I told her my story, and she's like, you're doing all the right things. You're working out. You're eating right. But this is the missing component. And I was a bit prideful. I didn't want to take medicine. I thought, I knew how to do this. You know, I'm pretty smart. I can, I can read the internet. I can Google things. I can get a new cookbook. But something was just missing. And I had to bite the bullet. I had to trust Amber. She told me to trust her. I did completely. And I know from August, I was trying to think, probably within three to four months, I'd lost 40 pounds. And I felt better about myself. There was no more downward spiral of I'm doing all this good stuff. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm working out. But now that I had the medication I needed to fix my body, because pregnancy is crazy. Pregnancy messes up everything. It <laughs> it's wonderful up everything. and it's you know, it's crazy at the same time. But that was the missing component for me was biting the bullet, going to see a healthcare professional, getting the help I needed. And in that way, I feel like got me back on track. Now I have more energy. I can play with my kids more. We have a basement, so we've turned our basement into a gym. The kids like to work out with us. The kids have a little fort down there and now they're learning nutrition now they're learning working out is important you know my son plays baseball and he's like mom i want to throw strong you know i want to be a better batter well let me show you a few things buddy and yeah, how do you get stronger yeah. and he does like he's incredibly strong now and kaylee grace is the same way she's a ballerina and she's like i want to be able to have better balance I'm like, let me show you so having them be a part yeah of something that's important to us it's really fun to see so I'm hearing a few things that I think are really instrumental. One, um, what works for us at certain points in our life does not work for us at every point of our life. Mm -hmm. And that can be so frustrating right. because I, I knew when I joined, uh, I, I know you're a CrossFit person who, mm -hmm. and I say that uh, not to promote CrossFit, who do a great job, but you know, CrossFit people are often hardcore. Mm -hmm. They love and, and they yeah. are religious about getting in right. their exercise. And, you know, in your early 20s and pre-two pregnancies, right. just changing your exercise might make all the difference. True. But then you have all these life changes. And when you are with babies at home or for whatever other reason that we have sleep deprivation, mm -hmm. that changes your cortisol levels and your other stress hormones so that your body's not responding like it did. Right. Um, and you want carbohydrates in a way that you've never wanted them before. <laughs> and you're breastfeeding and you have other estrogen and progesterone adjustments mm -hmm. from pre and post pregnancy. So your body doesn't cooperate like it once did. True. And sometimes it's something as obvious as pregnancy, um, but sometimes it's something as subtle as some sleep deprivation. And sometimes it's simple aging. All these things are estrogen, progesterone, testosterone levels for men. They adjust over time. So we don't get the same results that we got when we were in our 20s. And we didn't know to be so grateful mm -hmm. that all we had to do was join the gym when we were 21 and suddenly all the pounds fell off. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then what I am also hearing is there are a number of physicians and medical providers, and your story is not as unique as I wish it was, that really don't touch weight loss. Um, it's not an easy one size fits all quick revolving door answer for how do we make lifestyle change. 
And so many times, don't be so hard on yourself. It'll it'll come off. Mm. Here's a paper with a diet on it. Uh, but that isn't necessarily the answer. Right. I didn't listen. Yes. And and so that, and there may be the very first stop that is the answer. It may take more than one stop, right. but it's great that you didn't give up mm-hmm. because you knew you, you're and your husband's a nurse practitioner. Right. So your family was very aware of how important it is mm-hmm. to um, be healthy and make healthy decisions and to not carry around extra mm-hmm. fat tissue that pre um, yes <laughs> pre-diabetic right. um, heart disease all these other things that increase mm-hmm. the risk um, and then that there was another reason besides the fact that we just weren't eating right mm-hmm. for why you weren't losing weight. Mm-hmm. And I think the emphasis on that is huge because we used to many years ago be of the eat less, exercise more, lose weight, live a happy life. Right. And then we got to a point where we realized a lot of people are doing that. Mm -hmm. And if you went to see your doctor, they would just not believe you. But I am eating less and I am exercising more and I'm not getting any results. And now in medicine, we have come to realize there are a number of things that create obesity. And we're really starting to classify obesity more of an endocrine disorder. Mm -hmm. Is it an insulin resistance like it was for you? Is there cortisol or other hormones, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone levels that have changed Mm. with puberty or menopause that have now affected your weight? Mm. Um, But there is, and fat cells are like little endocrine organs. They make their own hormones. And so once you gain 15 pounds, your whole body composition is different. Now gain 60 or 80. How much did you gain after your second child? Yeah, I had I hung on to that fifteen pounds. I think I gained about forty, forty-five with So her. we're sixty pounds heavier, worked yeah. your tail off after the first baby to get a good portion of that mm-hmm. off, then sixty pounds heavier right. again. And your body has completely different hormones when you are sixty pounds heavier. All those fat cells that you've added are making their own hormones. So it's a completely different internal composition. If we were to look at a lot of different hormone levels, they're way off. And so at some point in there, you had developed insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and to explain to everyone what that really means, your pancreas makes insulin anytime that you um, eat sugar and that insulin opens the cells to move the sugar into the cells. If you are insulin resistant, you make the insulin, but it doesn't work. It goes to the cells. It doesn't really open the cells and the sugar doesn't get inside the cells to work. Sugar is our energy source. So if we can't get the sugar where it needs to go, you start to develop high sugars in your bloodstream, which ends up becoming diabetes. Um, And you're lethargic and your cells aren't working right. And you're having a lot of other issues where you just don't feel great because you don't have enough energy source. Mm -hmm. And then your body says, we need sugar. These cells aren't getting sugar, so feed us some sugar. And your body is wonderful at craving carbs to get that sugar. So then you get into this carb craving, carb craving where you just can't get enough carbs. And then you're beating yourself up because it's really all about willpower. And we all lose weight by our willpower. So you don't have enough willpower because you gave into that ice cream bowl. But meanwhile, your body's screaming for sugar. So of course, it was a survival technique for you to give into the ice cream. 
Um, and once Amber got you started on a medicine that we use for a lot of people with diabetes, but it helps with that insulin resistance, very common prescription that makes a big difference. Once we, Amber got you started on that, recognizing that we needed those that insulin to start opening those cells again, then you could use your sugar, you could stop craving sugar, and you could go back to having what typically should work start to work again and it did and it worked very quickly that yes was amazing. and what and how much weight have you lost 40 pounds since i saw her 40 pounds that's right that's back amazing. to normal and talk about what you felt like 40 pounds ago and what you feel like now you know i was at the point i was creating a headache log i had headaches every day and i'm like surely this is just in my mind like goodness which i know your hormones have a lot to do with that and i do have pcos as well which causes the insulin resistance. But I mean, I was to the point where, okay, I've got to figure this out. And I did, I went to another health professional about my headaches, when in turn, I think everything was from the insulin resistance. I needed to lose that weight to get back to my my normal homeostasis mode of yes. who I am. So, and something like headaches, you don't necessarily blame on your weight, right? Or your intake of whatever you're eating, mm-hmm. um, or even sleep deprivation. Right. But it is incredible all the array of symptoms that a person right. can have, right? Because if you don't feel well, you don't want to eat well, you don't want to work out. But it's just that downward spi- spiral. But then there's got to be something. And mine was probably my husband making the appointment for me of just something had to switch. And I feel like it's it's just the inverse of, you know, instead of that downward spiral, now that that flip, that switch has flipped, now I'm eating right. Now I'm working out, you know, even more intense than I was before. I'm lifting a 30-pound dumbbell that was really hard for me to just move across the floor to sweep behind. Now, <laughs> you know, I'm doing some hand cleans with it. And it's just, it's amazing to see the progress that you make. Because you feel better. Yes. You know, it's just, it's an uphill climb. I'm so glad you mentioned the spiral because I must say it every day that um, we snowball in the wrong direction, Mm -hmm. but we can snowball in the right direction too. And, you know, for, for you, what started as poor sleep and hormone changes, then you don't feel like exercising then an object in motion stays in motion, an object at rest stays at rest. So you haven't really done anything in a while. So Mm -hmm. now you're not really compelled to get up and exercise and your energy is low and your hormone levels are off Mm -hmm. and it just, everything goes in the wrong direction. And then you've gained weight. So now your hormone levels are more off and you want to eat more carbohydrates (laughs) and everywhere you go, you're carrying 60 pounds around. So you're going to move less. So we can really start to head in the wrong direction, but then it just takes one thing because you can feel overwhelmed by all of that. And then it just takes one thing of, okay, what if I just change this? What if I just got my sleep better Mm -hmm. and now I have more energy. So now I can actually do 20 minutes of exercise and then 20 minutes of exercise allows me to work up to 30 or 40 minutes. And now that I'm doing that, I feel like eating better and I'm hydrating better and and as you start, your energy continues to improve. And then you're exercising during the day. So you sleep better at night. So now we fix that. It's a great stress relief. So if right. stress is part of the equation, doing the right things helps to reduce mm-hmm. the stress. And now we're snowballing in the right direction. Right. And so it can, we can turn those snowballs around, but mm-hmm. it starts feeling really heavy too. Right, it does. And I think it's true. Like you, you make that one change. Like 
take one meal a day. You know, you mess up at breakfast, start again at lunch. You know, have, have a nice salad. Maybe make your own dressing. Add some lean protein to it. Mess up at dinner. Start again the next day. You know, change that one thing. Go through your pantry. Take out the processed food. Take out the sugar. And to me, I don't miss that stuff. Like, I feel so much better not on the processed food, not on sugar. I, I don't like soda anymore. Like, I just drink water. So let's a talk about of water. a gallon <laughs> of water. Let's talk about processed food, soda, and water. Okay. Um, the wonderful people in the billion-dollar food industry have not by accident made us love this stuff. The um, potato chip commercial, you can't eat just one. Yes, you can't because they have made chemicals into all of our processed food mm -hmm. to make us want more and more and more. And it is incredible when you stop it. And I would encourage people to cold turkey off of that stuff mm -hmm. because you can't eat just one. They, right. they do tests. They look at your brain while they are putting chemicals into your food and they figure out what's going to make your craving centers go off and what's going to make you eat more and how you're not going to be full so that you can eat the whole bag. Right. And they're messing with our brains literally with the chemicals that are in those processed foods. So when we can cut that processed food out, then we realize, you know what? I don't miss it. And I feel a million times better and I'm not craving it all the time. You know, you have one Oreo, you have one chip, you have one whatever, and it just makes you want more. And then it's hard to, to step away from that. Right. And so getting away from the processed food and the soda people do the same exact thing. Lots of chemicals in there to make you want more and more and more. Right. And when you cut it, not only, you know, if you're drinking and I have patients who are drinking six to 12 sodas a day, that's not terribly unusual, unfortunately. But when you're drinking even one, two, three your body wants more of that and you're not going to drink an entire 16 ounce soda and then drink an entire 16 ounce water. Right. So you're hydrating with all the stuff that actually dehydrates you. Right. Um, you're throwing liquid in and you're acting like it's the same as water and it's absolutely not. But once you start drinking water, you realize how you cannot quench your thirst with the other wet stuff. Right. And so when you're, you know, and patients will say all the time, Oh, I don't like water. And I start by saying, you don't have to like water. Just Treat it like it. medicine and drink it. Right. Um, let's let's face it. It does. It's not the most delicious thing, but it also doesn't taste bad. If your water tastes really bad, I would encourage you to not drink that water because <laughs> there might be something in it. Yeah. So in general, we've got to learn to love water. But after you stop drinking the other stuff and you add water, you really don't feel like you're quenching your thirst mm -hmm. with other things. So it's really a just stop the other stuff and mm -hmm. add water. And I promise you in a year, you're going to be carrying water around with you and feeling yes. thirsty again. The overwhelming majority of the United States is dehydrated, chronically dehydrated. And because we're dehydrated, our body will only notify us of things for so long before our body says, they're not listening. Why are we still saying it? So we feel thirsty for a little bit. And then if you've been dehydrated for four years, you stopped feeling thirsty a long time ago. But once you start getting hydrated again, now when you exercise, you don't want to go grab a Coke. Right. You want ice water. <laughs> yeah, I want water. I love water. I did not do a great job when I first became a doctor of eating or drinking regular healthy stuff. I was busy and on the run and I could go all day and not drink water. 
And it was only when I became pregnant that I thought my baby needs water. Now I wasn't going to do a thing. I, I knew I needed water, but whatever I'm chugging through. Um, but when I became pregnant, I started drinking water, cut all the other stuff out. And then it was incredible how a year later I really needed the water and recognized how I felt without the water. Once I started listening to my body again, I realized what dehydrated felt like. Uh So I would simple change, cut the sugary drinks entirely. They are doing you no favors Mm -hmm. and replace it with water. That is just a huge how to age healthy and um, make sure you're taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. tip. Um, which I'm glad you brought up water because that is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about, you were mentioning a few of the subtle changes. If you were to give people um, who are frustrated and have talked to some people and it's not worked, gone on the old diet mm-hmm. and gained weight, um, what used to work doesn't work at all. Um, address that frustration and what you would recommend for people. For me, the change was just realizing there is a problem. I can't control it. I like to be in control, but I had to let go and I had to go and see. I saw Amber and, you know, that really made a huge change in my life. And when I started seeing those changes, it encouraged me even more to drink that water. You know, Michael and I have a competition now. We both got the gallon jugs. You know, we're going to see who's going to drink it first. And um, I think accountability, you know, you said when you were pregnant, you could do it. You were accountable to him. I feel like, you know, Michael and I are accountable to each other. Like, are you drinking? You know, we've got our our workouts on our watch and we'll we'll challenge each other on there. And who's going to get to the close their rings first and. Even my kids, did you close your rings today, Mom? You know, I, I feel that. like the accountability. And then even right before I saw Amber, a friend of mine invited me to a, um, it was an online workout group, you know, just keeping each other accountable. And I think accountability is huge. You know, so even the with number water. one thing across all forms of weight loss, prescription medicines, there's a new prescription medicine that came out this week and I, w- and I saw it on the morning news. Uh, if you if it's not covered by your insurance, it is $3,500 for a month's supply. I thought, well, that's really not going to be a popular drug. Yes. Um, bariatric yeah. surgery included all these different expensive and invasive options. The number one thing for weight loss, the number one most successful thing is accountability. Mm-hmm. It is simply saying you're going to do it. Mm-hmm having someone who's going to help hold you accountable, whether it is a health professional or a trainer or a weight loss clinic or a friend, um, a family member. You know, you mentioned that you and your husband will have competitions Mm -hmm. and did you drink your water? And so having, and and if you don't have, I also uh, hear you say something that's so important. You're having a healthy family. This isn't a, I have patients all the time say, I can't eat healthy because then I have to fix two dinners and I have to cook for the family and then cook for myself. And I think, why are you feeding your family unhealthy things? Like, don't you care about them and whether they have diabetes and heart disease? And so you really have to um, have a healthy approach and educate, like you were saying, your children Mm -hmm. about what healthy looks like, role model it, teach them, have them get involved. 
Um, it's summertime. Part yes. of our summer to-dos should be outdoor activities. Mm -hmm. And we play them as a family. It's family time. We're burning calories. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of fun. And so I think having that healthy family is also a huge thing. And whatever is not healthy for us and not on our diet plan not is not healthy for them, for them either. <laughs> Um, but that accountability partner of um, your family mm -hmm. or a friend, and if your family's not on board and you may be ready for change and your family may not be ready for change, mm -hmm. they may sabotage people's efforts. You know, we, we see that too, where you point out to me when you're trying to eat right and exercise, it points out yeah. to me that I'm not eating right or exercising. Right. I see this a lot with my smokers. It's really hard for a wife to quit smoking and the husband continues to sure. smoke. They, one of them sabotages the other frequently. Oh, but you've got to shop outside your home if that's what you need. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't get your family on board mm -hmm. um, and you have tried, then you find that friend or you find a professional who can be your accountability partner. Mm -hmm. But you're absolutely right. Accountability, having someone that you say these are the changes that I'm working on making and having that person help hold you accountable and help you through your obstacles. And, and what I also heard you say is you're going to screw up that you mm -hmm. screwed up your lunch. It wasn't what you planned to do. You're chasing some kids and you're busy. And so then you say, but I'm going to try for dinner. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why we in our minds think that this is an all or nothing endeavor, right. that healthy choices is an all or nothing endeavor. Right. Sets you up for failure. <laughs> it does. And then you give up and then you just get on the unhealthy Spiral. road and you stay there. Right. Yes. Or we're going to start over January 1st. So, you know, right. we have one day a year that's going to save us. <laughs> um, and we need to start over every morning right. at 8 a.m. Right. I uh, make the comparison with patients frequently to this is like living a... Um, a good religious life where you say, I'm going to be kind to others and I'm going to try to live by the scripture that I believe in. Um, and guess what? We're going to not always be kind. And so we don't say, okay, well, I'm off my Christian today and I'll start over January 1st. Grace. Yes. <laughs> Give yourself grace. And isn't, you know, in every, in every church and, and temple and synagogue, they uh, tell you to forgive yourself. We, we remind ourselves that everyone sins and messes up and we're to forgive ourselves and keep trying. But even church has figured out the accountability thing right. because you go every Sunday, not because you don't know what they're telling you or you're not sure what's expected, but because that refills your well and it holds you accountable and it reminds you that you're not doing this by yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where group fitness classes are often mm -hmm. helpful because you get a lot of like-minded people who are all trying right. and messing up, but still <laughs> trying. Um, and we can move forward with each other and we can help kind of carry each other to make those healthy lifestyle changes. All right, Becky. So we're going to recap. Um, I was just asking you what, you know, when you came in. And so it was August of 2020. So right in the midst of the crazy pandemic, um, you sat in front of me and I could cry talking about it. You were crying because she, she was so upset because she could not lose the weight. And when you told me your story, uh, I knew it was something more. And so there's something to be said for sitting down and talking with someone and say, okay, these are all the right things I'm doing. What am I missing? Because it was like a piece of a puzzle to me. So that particular day, we did some blood work and you had 
very high cholesterol levels, which was very shocking for me as a provider because you were doing the right things. Um, and then to come to find out that you actually were insulin resistant. And I honestly think that you might have been a little hesitant to that because I told you I was wanted to start you on metformin and you were like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What are you doing? I didn't want to do medicine. Um, but we talked about it and you felt comfortable and we actually even I believe went through portal back and forth a little bit about the metformin had to figure out what would work best for you. And then, um, you know, so here we sit, uh, of course I'm horrible with meth, what, 10 months later, um, and you've lost 40 pounds and you feel better and you're off the medicine. Now I told you, you would come off of it. Um, and your cholesterol is so much better. Um, I was looking at labs before I came in here and your, uh, cholesterol now is essentially normal. Um, are you still taking fish oil? I don't remember. Yes. Okay, so I had you still doing that. So I am so proud of you. You're definitely a success story. Um, and so great job. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I could point all the fingers back to you. <laughs> I can do my part, but I can't prescribe medicine for me. And I can't figure out what that missing piece was. And I, I had to swallow my pride. And I had to come to that appointment and realize there was a problem. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't try harder. I couldn't do more. There was a medical component to it. And when you started me down that path and I started losing that first 10 pounds, I'm like, I love Amber. She knows what she's doing. And you told me to trust you. And I did not want to take medicine. I was like, oh, that's just, I feel like I've, I'm a failure. I have, I can't figure this out on my own, but God can use medicine. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he made it, so why can't we just take that? So I am very, very thankful for you and for your whole team that just doesn't focus on, here's a pill, here's a pill, here's a pill. You asked me, what are you eating? Tell me what you eat. And you looked at me, and you're like, you're insulin resistant. I can tell. Look at you, how you carry your weight. You know, it's just, it was very obvious to you, but it wasn't obvious to me. So it took it took a little prodding. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little prodding. And yeah. I'm so thankful that I came because it is life-changing. High cholesterol runs in my family. My dad looked like the epitome of health and had a heart attack before he was 60. And my brother also has high cholesterol and just a great body type, but it's just family genes sometimes mm -hmm. and you do have to fight it and you have to work hard to combat it. So, well, you did a great you. job. Thank yes, you. Yes, well done. Thank well you. done. And thank you for joining us thank and sharing you. your story. We like to leave you on a good note. We end every episode with tell me something good to help put your mind in a good place. We do this for many reasons. As medical providers, we have to focus on the bad way too often, but we know how important it is to be focused on the good. Also, we want to encourage you to direct your brain to positive thoughts. Simply focusing on one small positive thought can change your day. So here's today's Tell Me Something Good. The CDC has lifted many COVID safety restrictions. COVID cases, hospitalizations, and deaths are way down across the United States. We have made it through some very tough times, and the time is here to exhale, be proud of the sacrifices that you have made, and start to welcome back the things that you have been missing. And as we add back what's been missing this past year, let's make an effort to not take a single thing for granted. Thank you for sharing your valuable time with us today. And until next time, take care of yourself.